This is the Answer Your Unique Calling podcast. This podcast provides tips, tools, and inspiring stories for creating clarity around your calling, opening your heart to infinite possibilities, and enabling you to have the greatest impact on the world. I'm Julian Crossenhill, a certified spiritual life coach, meditation teacher, human design specialist, and founder of Pre-Survenana. And most recently, I've joined the faculty at Starseed Academy Coach Training. It's my mission to teach and guide others in living a spiritually aligned life that answers their unique calling. Welcome, and thanks for listening. Hi, and welcome to today's episode. I'm Julian Crossenhill, and today I want to talk about some big ideas. And what I mean by big ideas is if you've been around sort of new age spirituality, consciousness, this type of work, there's been a lot written lately about a coming evolution and about the expansion of human consciousness. And there's not a lot of details and there's not a lot of what that all means. So I want to talk a little bit about what are, what exactly is this great awakening that we're undergoing as a species? What is it that we're working to? Because a lot of us are working on learning to anchor the energy template of that coming change and really embody that energy. But what is it exactly that we're pushing towards and that we're growing towards? So I think, also I think that in the show today, I wanna sort of set into context some of my own work and what I do with my clients and also some of our current events in particular some of the changes, some of the recent decisions made by the Supreme Court, some of the issues that we've had with policing in recent times, some of that I want to sort of set into a spiritual context. And I'm not trying to dismiss these or explain them or minimize anyone's pain over some of these current events, because they are serious, serious things that are happening right now. And it is a serious erosion of our rights as people that is occurring as a part of this runaway right-wing agenda that is happening in this country. So I'm not minimizing any of that or trying to explain it away or justify it. I'm just trying to set it into a spiritual context of why it's important that we resist it and that we work against those kinds of things. So we talk about this energetic and consciousness expansion, this awakening that's coming. And what exactly are we talking about? So there's a number of different elements here that I want to sort of explore. So first of all, um, what we're really talking about is power over versus power from within. And I first encountered those terms in reading Dreaming the Dark by Starhawk, which is a book about sex and politics and religion. And Starhawk explains power over as being sort of the the herald of of modern patriarchy, sort of the the way that they control the population. It's this power over in which power is exerted from other people over others. And it's meant to be controlling and dictating and manipulative. And interestingly enough, in the book Ishmael um, by Daniel Quinn, which is a book about a person who answers an ad in the classified that says teacher seeking pupil must have earnest desire to save the world. And when he answers the ad, it turns out to be a talking gorilla who is the teacher and the gorilla is going to teach him about the thing that he, that the gorilla knows about that humans 
are experiencing and don't know about, and that is captivity. And one of the things the gorilla says is that all of the power that other people have over people came when they started locking up the food, which is really an interesting concept. So power over is sort of the thing that we're experiencing a lot in our world right now. That's sort of the basis of how power operates today. And as opposed to power over, there's power from within. And power from within really means that we embody our own power and we sort of chart our own course. We don't need people to tell us what to do. And it's also about morality in a lot of ways. So we've always heard, you know, without Christianity, without religion, there's not going to be morality. People are going to do all these things. And that's always been sort of a false argument because at our core as beings, we know right from wrong. And we know not to kill other people and not to steal and not to do these things that injure one another. Because I believe that at our core, we do tend to be good. Um, I think that there is a balance of destructive and creative impulses in nature. But I think that overall, we are good beings. And morality, really, part of this power from within is overcoming a morality based on dogma. When you have written rules that sort of say, if you follow these things, you're good. And if you don't follow all of them, you're bad. That's a very power over kind of approach. And so what we're really talking about with power from within is also the development of our own moral compass. If it's wrong for us to do it, even if it's right for someone else to do it, then it's still wrong for us. And so as we evolve as beings, as our understanding of how our actions impact other people evolves, our moral compass grows stronger and guides us in the right way. And that's really part of power from within. And so all of this is part of this coming evolution is really embodying that power from within, but there's so much more to it. So if we look at human history, both recorded and unrecorded, we've kind of gone through these periods of time where we've sort of been ruled by different impulses and different energies. And so our first period of human time is really um, governed by feminine energy. It was a time of a lot of flow and a lot of softness, a lot of art, a lot of domestic skills. You know, we invented, far we developed farming, we developed agriculture, we did all of these things. And we also had goddess worship and it was sort of there's some debate about whether it was more matriarchal focused of a society. And then we made this shift into very masculine energy. And I know a lot of people bang masculine energy and kind of say, you know, there's been a lot of harm done by embodying too much masculine energy. But there's also been a lot of good things that masculine energy has brought us. It's brought us science. It's brought us our technology. The problem is unfettered, unbalanced with feminine energy, it's too hard. It's too logical. It's too left-brained. It doesn't flow. It's too structured. It's all of those things. And feminine energy can be too flowy and too unstructured and sometimes too undirected. Um, so the two together, we, what we really want is a balance. And that's really the, the period of human history that we are smack in the middle of right now. And that's the period of the androgyne. Um, androgyne, sorry. And the androgyne is that blending. It's that non-binary. It's the blending and perfect balance of masculine and feminine energy. And that's really going to bring about a rise of this power from within. 
And with this power from within, we're going to move into a new era of human consciousness and, and human experience because each person is going to be governed by their own moral compass. They're going to be working from within their own power. And in that process, a lot of the things that aren't working in our society will start to fall away. For instance, consumerism. When you're governing things from power within, marketing and fear-based things don't have the same power that they used to have. So a lot of the things that drive our consumerism and our waste start to fall away. So we talk about this awakening, like it's something that we all need to do and, and discover and find and all do all of this work to embody. And it is a lot of work. Don't get me wrong. There is a lot of inner work to do here. But what I want to sort of refute is that this is something new. Because this awakening, this, this stepping into our power from within, this realizing our own moral compass and our own inner capabilities, our true capabilities, is really more of a remembrance. It's more of an awakening to a deep remembrance of what is inside each and every one of us and what we can do and what we are capable of. And I, one of the reasons I get so excited about human design is that in many ways, human design is a step in this remembrance. We remember that all of the things that make us unique and different are actually powerful assets and that they're beautiful gifts and that they're wonderful and that we don't need to be like everyone else. And it's this remembering of that that starts to move us forward into being more authentically ourselves, which also moves us then into our own power and our power from within. It moves us into developing our moral compass and being able to say no to power over, saying no to conformity, saying no to no longer being who we truly are. And that's a beautiful, beautiful gift that human design has given us. There are so many things that people go through life believing are terrible defects about themselves that if they just learn to use their human design, they would discover their beautiful, beautiful, wonderful gifts. As a manifesting generator, I focus on a lot of different things at once. I multitask, I have lots of interests, lots of passions, I don't always finish projects. And for most of my life, I thought this was a defect. I thought I had some type of ADD, I couldn't focus, I was too scattered, all of these things, and everything I was being told everywhere else was that this was a terrible defect. I needed to take medication. I needed to focus and specialize on something. And once I learned human design and embraced this, I discovered that once that by really owning this and saying, this is who I am, and it's beautiful and unique, and allowing myself to fully utilize it, I can accomplish more in a day than most other people do in a week. And so it's a beautiful gift, and it's just part of my unique being. And by embracing that, it allows me to really step into my own power. So this is really about an inner deep remembrance, a remembrance of what our true capabilities and true power is. But I think that there's so much more to just the work of so everything everyone's talking about is that there's this work to like have this awakening. We're going to have this awakening and then everything's going to be fixed. And I think that that's a really a big simplification because 
when we have this remembrance, when we awaken to this remembrance, we're going to move into our own inner power. We're going to be living with power from within instead of power over. And we're going to step into a life of limitlessness, of freedom, of peace, and of love. And my question for you is, if you had total freedom today, you didn't have to work for a living you didn't have to do certain things. You didn't have to go to school. You didn't have to put out the trash. You didn't have to do housework. And you were limitless. There was infinite possibility of what you could do with your life in this moment. Would you be ready for it? And that's the real question that I ask today because I think that most people who are doing lots of great inner work towards this inner remembrance, they're really evolving their consciousness in a lot of ways. But once they reach the end goal, are they really ready to live in that state of being? Or is there more work that needs to be done to develop people who can guide everyone through that transition? Because that's a big transition. We often, I'm a science fiction fan. I don't know if any of the rest of you out there are, but I watch a lot of science fiction. And of course, sort of the hallmark of American science fiction is Star Trek. And Star Trek kind of hints at some of where this transformation is going. They live in a society that doesn't have money. And people do these jobs out of their sense of desire, of what lights them up, what excites them, and also a little bit out of duty and wanting to contribute to the whole. And so think about that for a minute. If there was no money, if we lived in a society where consumerism was tamed because we were no longer driven by fear to buy things we didn't need, if we didn't have money that we needed in order to put a roof over our heads and food in our bellies, what jobs would vanish or go away? You know, one of the questions I often hear is, well, if there's no money, if people aren't motivated by money to work, who's going to collect the garbage? And it's an interesting idea. But then I'm going to go a step further with that and really dig into this. What does our future awakened, enlightened, full remembrance look like? And why would you need garbage men if you didn't have fear driving you to buy a bunch of crap you don't need? Hopefully, we wouldn't be throwing a bunch of shit away. So there's a lot of jobs that we have today that are menial in nature, that we seriously pay people non-living wages to do. And these jobs are all there and necessitated by power over and using fear to push things down our, our throats that we don't need or want to create a lifestyle that mimics someone else's lifestyle. And so the whole idea that without money, without this power over, that we're going to suddenly have trash piling up in the streets is kind of wrong because a lot of those jobs are just going to go away. Think if you suddenly lived in a community that was governed by power from within, where you enjoyed freedom, limitlessness, love, and peace, how often would you go out to eat at a restaurant? You'd probably cook food together as a community and break bread together in order to be close to other people, to feel connected to your community. You wouldn't be buying stuff. As I said, the consumerism is certainly going to shift when we sort of stop allowing fear to drive our behaviors. There's a lot of these jobs that are going to go away. We're not going to need, you don't really need bank tellers if you don't have money. 
You don't need store clerks if people aren't being constantly pushed to buy more and more. And if the things that you are buying are being made by craftspeople and artisans and actually are designed to last rather than be thrown away in a year and replaced. So really thinking about this evolution, it's going to be a big upset to the way we live. It's going to be a radical change to our society. And I think that it's a very positive set of changes, but I think that many of us living today are not ready for that. And they're not ready for it. And there, so there needs to be a transition. And there needs to be people who have started doing this work and having this remembrance now who can then help these people transition, who can guide them through, okay, you've had this remembrance, you're embodying this power now, you have this freedom, what are you going to do with it? Because people currently don't know how to be free. And they don't know how to be free because power over for so long has shaped their lives and told them who they need to be, what they need to do, where they need to go. And so it's going to be a shift to no longer have that kind of programming designing their lives for them. And I said I wanted to put some current events in, in, in context, in a spiritual context. And the context I want to put it in is if you think about power structures, as they start to crumble and weaken, there is a tendency to grasp at power, to try to make it last longer. And we're seeing this today in these power structures as they sort of try to clamp down and control people more tightly because people are awakening and saying, yeah, you know, that's not really for me. I'm going to go do this other thing. And we saw that with, you know, Donald Trump when he lost the election. He tried to stage a coup to hold on to power. These people who are vested in power over, they want to maintain that power at all costs. And so that means that for a period, as their power begins to weaken, there's going to be this tightening. And it's important that we resist that tightening, that we embrace this inner remembrance that we are awakening to of who we truly are, of what our true capabilities are, and that we come from a place of power from within rather than power over, and that we resist the urges by people in power to exert more power over. And we see this kind of resistance everywhere. We see it in marketing, more and more fear, the election cycle, all of those political ads are driven by fear, trying to use that power over to continue to control people who are slowly awakening to a new reality of freedom and limitlessness. And so it's my intention in my work to be here as a guide and facilitator of both this remembering, but also to be here as a facilitator and guide to help people through that transition. Once you have that limitlessness and once you have that freedom, how are you gonna use it? What are you gonna do with it? How are you gonna build your new life in that space? And that's what I hope that my work brings to each and every person who remembers who they truly are, and what their true power and capability is. Bright blessings. This has been the Answer Your Unique Calling podcast with your host, Julian Crossan-Hill, produced by Priest of Inanna, LLC. You can find us on Priest of Inanna, 
priestofanana.com. That's priestofanana, I-N-A-N-N-A.com, or on Instagram at priestofanana.